Hi, this is Warren Whitlock here with Carrie uh, uh, Anderson uh, talking about um, uh, some interesting things. Uh, we've been uh, connected for uh, um, many years online, and I had a chance to, <laughs> to talk uh, talk to you a, a little while ago, and I said, you've got so many interesting things going on. I want to share them with with my audience and, uh, and ask you the big question of... Uh, of how you manage to do so many different things, but uh, first, welcome to the to the show. Thank you so much. It's a joy to talk with you again. <laughs> Good. Uh, now you've been you've been a you you were a reporter um, and won Emmys. I didn't know that until I was uh, pulling it up for today. I'd missed that. And uh, TED talks and all of the things I wish I had done at some point and. <laughs> never, never got around to, to thinking about, and I'm very impressive. But I'm, I'm even more impressed with the with a mutuality and the books you write and the things you talk about today. But uh, and so we can go into any of those that you that you want to for a few minutes. But but mostly my question is, uh, uh, how do you how how did you get to where you get so many things done? Uh, I guess it's so close to me. I, the, my best advice is clarity and specificity about what most matters to you in your life, how you can use your greatest talents with others who are as well. And to me, a mutuality mindset where you work with others who have complementary talents around a sweet spot of shared interests makes it easier to accomplish a lot of things around that clear focus. Great. Uh, so getting increasingly specific means, as Nick Tasser said, he wrote, Why Quitters Win. You can't have a long to-do list you uh, because you get distracted and feel guilty when you don't get it done. <laughs> if you're doing things you really like, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this by a long shot, but it makes you savor more moments and perhaps be more productive sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know in my own life that when I am uh, focused on something and uh, you know, to the point of like thinking that, uh, um, oh no, what I, what could I be forgetting? But it, it's, you know, it, that's good. And then the ultimate is where I'm not even thinking about what I might be forgetting and really in the <laughs> moment. Uh, and then the, the most th- things seem to get done. And, and funny how those things that aren't as important, uh, fade by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. Clarity, specificity. It's only when we get specific about, what most matters to us that we can notice, well, actually, it's not that. It's five degrees over here. It's this. Right. I had a mentor at the Harvard Negotiation Project who had a very mordant sense of humor, and he said it's easier to negotiate with a jerk who knows what they want than a nice person who doesn't. And that sort of <laughs> translates over um, to people who want to be all things to all people. Or We can all have many interests, but we can focus on a few and feel better. Right, and of course that that there would be one more piece of the quadrant from that quote would be the the jerk that doesn't know what he wants, and, and those are definitely best avoided. Yes, and there's also genial people. I call them unhelpful helpers, the people who repeatedly offer help that is not congruent with what we're about, and you feel guilty acting irritated and saying, "Why don't they get to know me a bit before they do that?" But that's the downside. I think yeah. our biggest goal is to bring out the happier, higher-performing side in others, which you do very well, Warren, and then they're more likely to see and support ours. 
Thank you. I, I, I know that there's, uh, that, you know, my life changed for the better when I started looking, looking for the better in other people. And, uh, just to, I just make the assumption that, that most people are, are good and have some good in them. Um, and, uh, and quite often, quite, quite often, uh, um, I, I find that, uh, <clears throat> that, that I get interrupted by phone calls. Sorry about that. I turned it off, but AT&T is smarter than me. That's my snark comment. Well, you know, <laughs> the funny thing is I thought the smart thing for me to do was to, to go ahead, and then a minute later I realized I'd lost my train of thought. And it is that simple to get off on, on something else. I know I'll have uh, long conversations with people and – and there's two things. First of all, if I get started on stories, we could be all day. And, and the, uh, the, but the, the other thing is that quite often telling the story or talking to somebody triggers something else to talk about. And it does. And, but I think finding the stories where there's shared meaning and doing that sooner is key. And I just interrupted you, but I feel so strongly about it. Yeah. We like talking about ourselves. But the person who listens closely enough to say, what's the purposeful narrative I can tell where they see a role they want to play in my story, as Peter Goober says, then we're looking for a sweet spot sooner where um, we can have more meaning in our relationship because we're talking about something that has shared meaning. Great. Yeah, and and so that part I see, yes, AT&T must, must think something's in, incredibly important. As I'm talking to you, I'm sending an email to the person I see who keeps attempting to call me, telling me I'm interviewed. I'm sure there's something we can say about this, about being easily distracted, or about n- never fully mastering basic technology. We can only try to keep up with it a bit. Well, you know, <laughs> the, that? yeah. The, um, the, the, there is going to be distractions. It's always going to happen. And as I'm, you know, I happen to have your resume up on screen and I'm thinking like, well, boy, how is this focused and clear? There's so many things going on and so many long-term projects, um, that there has to be some more talent in, uh, switching off one and moving on the other one. Do you have to compartmentalize what you're working on? I don't know which projects you're working to, but I'm doing three things. Public speaking, cutting that back from six to three times a month, writing a book on Opportunity Makers, and consulting on some uh, four startups for which I have equity, and they all relate to um, mutuality, leveraging right. our talents together. So I... that, that commonality means content and insights and contacts from one area, leverage value in others. I will just say this one thing, Warren, because it, I feel so grateful for the people I've pulled in my life. And I know you and I have talked about your feeling that way, too. And it's because one of the most touching things that can happen is if you give enough other people what they want, you often get what you want even before you know you need it and from people you didn't know could provide it. And those are the people that I say go slow to go fast where they notice a little bit about you and think, this could be of interest. And they're able to be candid and comfortable if I say, well, actually, that's not that helpful for this reason. It's actually this. And they say, oh, I get it. And they iteratively get better at serving me and the reverse because we're open and trusting enough to have that kind of candor. So iteratively, we become better for each other. 
And I that's, I think people crave meaningful relationships. And I right. think that's why the Friends TV show has been going on endlessly, because a lot of people don't have an hour game, a <laughs> tight-knit group. That's, that's true. Um, yeah, and, you know, back to the looking at the resume, uh, you know, things that you've done in the past you, you have led you to where you are. Um, the same with all of us. And, um, and, and the impressive, uh, many things of the past, um, look, seem like it's a, a lot more doable when I, when I'm talking to you and you're telling me about clarity and focus. And I know, uh, we talked a couple of months ago and you pretty much, uh, said exactly word for word the same thing about this. And I said, <laughs> that's a person who is on target, knows where they're going. I do meet some people that are very passionate about one thing or the other. And then want to railroad that into everything, everything that you're doing, you know, yes. come support my clause because you're somebody I just met. Um, and, uh, and yes, spirituality is a whole different way of looking at it. It's like those people are drawn to you. You don't have to go looking for your, for your, your own needs because, uh, meeting the mutual needs is going to take care of you. That's very well put. And if I can just say one great example is this extraordinary woman named Juliet Blake who interviewed me for the TED Talk and in the first video interview within two minutes, she'd given me insights about myself, what she saw in me that I didn't see, ways I could improve. And she's so captivating that by working with her towards the TED Talk, her insights helped me clarify the path I wanted to be on. But the one actual insight that just popped in my mind when you're saying it is when you work with other people and you use your best talents together to accomplish something and it works or even sometimes if it doesn't work but we did our best and we really know it it isn't the first thing we accomplished that's actually the most unexpected and the uh, biggest it's the second or third or fourth one we work on together and where you just can click sooner and you can say, let's bring in this person. How about using that? That's great. Oh, no, let's not do that. There's just, you talk in shorthand. You can have fun and camaraderie because you get things done. But I agree, absolutely. Some people are dead set on wanting you to um, donate to their cause or cover you in their column or something without any hint that they even know who you are. Right, right. Well, you know, that's, that's, what's interesting is that, uh, uh, that just parallels, uh, so many things that I've, I've heard about. And a lot of us are working on things like, uh, how to treat people better, what the right way is to network, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, it really boils down to is if you start off with treating a person like they're going to be a long-term friend, that the relationship's going to continue and not trying to get your transaction done today as the requirement to even talking to them. Seems like you don't, you, you don't burn through people quite as much and you're actually building you, everything you're doing is building for the future. And uh, I really like the way you put it. I'm <laughs> trying to restate it because that's what I do, but, uh, uh, you put it so well of it just simply comes down to, to, uh, being clear on, on working with that mutual mutuality mindset and, and everything else just comes together. Is there a is there any place or any way somebody can uh, get started learning about how to have the mutuality mindset? You want to give us a little advice there? Well, going back to what you just said, I know some people will never be 
able to do it. And some of them are not be aware that they won't. Um, and even the word networking has always construed that to me. How can I get people to follow me and make me more influential? I just don't like that. And I guess the first step is noticing and listening deeply and learning about someone in advance to say, it seems like you're really interested in this or this is a focus for you. Am I right? And asking for confirmation. And then say, well, I think that we may share an interest. This is wine in it. And that sounds real direct and whatever, but even in cocktail parties when I've done that, they say, well, you're right. And then it's interesting to see how deep the listening is on both sides. And so just noticing that and not trying to cut them off and immediately virtuous, oh, great, then let's do this. But to say and be really open to their not wanting to do something, say, we might do this sometime. If they say, well, yeah, that, let's talk about that or say, that could be true. Not to force it, to just let it go, and it's not a time for them. I just want to say quickly, in November, Dave Isay, the founder of StoryCorps, which I love, um, which is a set of booths where people are trained to interview two people and know each other well about someone who's impacted their life. There's more of those interviews on the Internet than anywhere else. And Dave Isay won the million-dollar prize from TED and announces March 17th. He's no business relationship with me. I just admire the heck out of him. He's yeah. going to say, here's here's what I want to do with this million dollars. Will you join me? And I'll bet it's going to be about, because that was all audio, about more meaningful storytelling. And it's not about me. Let me tell you my story. Those were stories where we talked about someone else who helped us. So there was an us attitude about it. And that's why I admire him. His focus is reflecting on someone else, shining a spotlight on them, and how it affected us. So yeah. that's, a, I think, a good start, yeah. when, especially when you're being praised, to say, well, I think I learned a lot of this from so-and-so. Yeah. Cite other people that you genuinely like. So your answer to other people's questions isn't always more about you. His book was called listening something like listening is a form of love so oh wow i've got to get that and he walks his talk he really yeah. had a million dollars i think that kind of storytelling that's us centric is a good muscle of practicing mutuality oh, i just said something never said that before muscle of practicing mutuality <laughs> there you are warren <laughs> i've been i've been saying for years that the ultimate marketing plan is listen and love and uh, looking for a better way to put it, and I just really like that uh, that that title, and and it fits right into what you've been talking about. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, being genuinely helpful. Yeah, I guess if I did what I want to do, uh, my bliss is is sharing a story. So um, I, I'm I'm like it's just every day I'm in in uh, constant total amazement at. Just how wonderful the world is, and there's, you know, I I don't see any reason to complain. There's so many good things I I keep finding, and uh, I, I again unexpected. I didn't expect to hear that from you today. And uh, <laughs> can I uh, tell you my angle on that? About there's much about the world that's so wonderful. We should be grateful. Mm -hmm. I deeply believe in a more connected, complex world. Bad and good hits faster farther from more places and so since bad travels faster like the use of drones in mm -hmm. other purposes for which they're not originally intended it's our noble purpose to be on the lookout 
for cultivating relationships with people of different temperaments and talents. So when something really bad happens, there may be a way we can blunt it. Or when we see the downside possibilities of a good action or technology, we can help protect people from the downside. That's what I think the law of unintended consequences is going to increasingly become the norm in our world. ISIS is just an extraordinarily horrifying example. Mm-hmm. So we need to, the people who are going to be the opportunity makers in brief are the ones who cultivate those relationships with diverse people around sweet spots of mutual interest, whether they're a CEO or they're a soloist, because they can solve problems faster and better and seize opportunities faster and better. That's, that's awesome. I was, I was just talking with somebody last night about an idea for an app that would, uh, It'd be like Snapchat, but uh, but connect you only with uh, clothes people who <laughs> were looking to looking for mutuality and, and something positive. We didn't quite That's put good. it that way. I'm saying it better now that I've talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And there but, are some wonderful new apps. Um, Rajesh Seti sent me one about Audioizer or something where you can have um, live, real-time, three-minute audio conversations with each other. It's so hard, Warren, isn't it, to stay up with these apps yeah. that sound wonderful and easy as we try to stick to what we're doing. But right. I, what, you're spot on. I agree with you. Yeah, more more important than getting the app and doing it, which, you know, I hope my friend develops the app. But uh, I was thinking about how in in the ISIS territory right now, and it, it's hard not to think of the violence and the terror and all the bad that's happening over there. But. There's got to be somebody who, you know, put their put their uh, child down for a nap and tried to comfort them in the middle of all of this. There's got to be people who are, you know, making meals and helping out each other and, you know, uh, uh, bandaging wounds. And, uh, you know, and that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's a lot more of, um, of what we would consider normality of the way people ought to be going on there. Uh, maybe not with the fighters, maybe with the fighters, who knows? And, uh, and anything we can do to focus on the positive is a, is a good thing. Well, I think until we understand people who are doing something that, with which we disagree, because as several good journalists have been saying recently, there's an internal consistency and belief by the people in ISIS. And until we understand that and why it's so appealing and it scales, especially to young men with no future, and to the young girls they capture, right. um, we won't know. It's a good stopgap to try to heal in the midst or protect. But the only way there's going to be a big shift, it's like um, instead of having a piece of the pie, make the pie bigger. We need to make a more attractive um, alternative. And until we do that, we can push at and kill, but we can't pull in and provide a more prosperous, peaceful alternative. Right. Or, or to sum it up, I say we've got to learn how to love them. Um, <laughs> you've got to understand first, we may right. never love, but right. if we hate, we're going to kill. Exactly. And that's a, that's a short-term solution. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it, hope, yeah, well, that's, that's not exactly a, an up thing to, to end this on, but uh, <laughs> I do want to get back in, and because we, we are in business and we do like people to find us. So uh, despite us uh, both trying to help, each other in the rest of the world. Uh, I, this is the time when you get to plug yourself and tell people uh, 
Is there a website they should go to or, or to stay in contact with? Well, the website's called sayitbetter.com, and the blog is called Moving From Me To We. And under my name, K-A-R-E Anderson, you can see columns on Forbes and HuffPo. But if it's of interest to learn about how we better connect or don't in person or online, I cover research-based actionable tips. That's fantastic. I have been to the sites. I have been connected with you for years, and I can attest to the uh, the the good that comes from doing that. So go do that, people. And uh, that's uh, that is our uh, um, our our uh, the end of our show for today. And we'll we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you, Warren.